Listening Dog Media. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Eddie Howe has spent the best part of 20 years at AFC Bournemouth, first as a player and then in his current role as manager, proof that loyalty in football still exists. In 2009, he became the youngest manager in the Football League and rescued Bournemouth from League Two relegation. The club has moved in one direction since, with promotion to the Premier League in 2015 for the very first time. And now, as Howe reaches a personal milestone, he faces the task of keeping them in the English top flight for a fourth season. The Offside Rule Exclusives with Kate Borsay and Lindsay Hooper. So we're sitting down in one of the boardrooms at the Vitality Stadium for this Eddie Howe Offside Rule Exclusive. This episode has been guest edited by ITV sports reporter Amy Lewis. I want to start with your amazing connection to this football club that you're currently managing, AFC Bournemouth. And I think to demonstrate that bond more than anything, towards the end of your playing career, around 2004, the fans chipped together and there was something called the Eddie Share Scheme, if you can fill us in on that, and what happened? (laughs) Yeah, it was really strange because I was at Portsmouth at the time. I'd been injured for two years, so almost forgotten. As you do when you're injured, you feel a long way away from the action. So I then needed to get some football and... I was desperate to come back, to be honest, because I just felt I needed to feel a little bit of love again. I'd lost my way a little bit. And um, the club, yeah, um, put out some some feelers into the into the supporters to see if they could raise some money because the club at the time was, you know, in dire straits. So, um, yeah, the fans came good and, and really felt like they wanted me back. And it was an amazing feeling at the time, as I say, for someone who was so low at the time. What did it mean to you for that to happen? And have you heard of anything similar happening since? Because I've... Have been having a look. I can't see anything. No, it felt really, really good from my perspective, and it, it just didn't surprise me in the sense that the, the supporters had always been there for me. I'd always felt that as a young kid coming through. I felt the supporters were willing me to do well, and sometimes that is the case when you're coming through the ranks at a team. Um, I felt the club were, or the supporters were willing me on. But then it's one thing to feel that support, and another thing to see them put their hands in their pockets for me to come back at a time when I felt a lot of pressure actually because. I was thinking they've put their their money together and I'm not sure I can live up to, you know, what they want me to be. Lindsay's there talked a little bit about your playing career and I think so much has talked about you as a manager. People often forget that you spent many years playing um, as a centre-half. Can you sum up your playing career? If someone was to ask you in a few short sentences, how would you describe yourself and your playing career? Um, I don't want to be disrespectful to myself. Um, hard working. You know, I was really hard working. I, I desperate for success, desperate to achieve. But ultimately, I felt I was limited in my physical attributes from a centre-half. I mean, you've seen me step into the room. I'm not a giant. I'm five, being kind, 5'11", I think. <laughs> and that was always a limiting factor for me. Um, but I was probably more of a modern centre-half and the fact I was probably playing a little bit too early, I think. In the modern-day football, I don't think height's such a limiting factor for us as a centre-back because more teams play football now. So I think that was a limiting factor on me, but I gave everything I had to be the best I could be. You said you didn't want to be disrespectful to yourself. Were you aware, perhaps some of the you know criticisms, some of the limits that you describe now, were you, were you aware of those limits at the time or was part of your headspace to kind of soldier on anyway? Yeah, good question. I mean, I think my my mindset was to soldier on and try and um, make the best of what I had and I had other other strengths to my bow and it was to make them 
more apparent, really. I think my weaknesses, it was a case of trying to hide them and improve them as much as I could. And that's where I worked myself probably to a point where my body just gave way. And then that was sort of where I got my injuries from. It was more through pushing myself to get better um, that uh, I, I got the injuries, really. You speak about injury, and, and of course that's something now that you have to deal with as a manager as well when you have injured players. Do you feel that there is enough done for players when you're going through an experience like that? Of course you'll have the the support in terms of the physical support, but emotionally could there be more done? Yeah, I think uh, it's a very lonely place when you're a player. I mean, your your career is so short and you're trying to maximise your playing ability. You do push your bodies to the extreme. Um, got several cases of players who have picked up long-term injuries here. It is a really lonely road and trying to find solutions for players to, to fill that void of playing is incredibly difficult, almost impossible. And then if you talk about life after football, you can be seen to be negative towards them and their, their comebacks, trying to mm. maybe throw other ideas at them at a time when they perhaps don't want it. So um, it's a really complex thing. I think all you can do as a football club is be there, give them the best support, the best specialist, the best treatment. And then if they are open to talking about other things in the future, then um, you know, certainly push them in the right way. You've already touched on the fact that you were very hardworking and had that work ethic from the get-go. I can say you've found your kindred spirit in Kate because she's a very hard worker as well. <laughs> of the Offside Wall podcast, she's the hard worker of us all. But I think that attitude and where you get that from um, is an interesting starting point because is this an upbringing? Is it something that's always been in you? I'd say it's always been in me. I mean... But that must be due to my to my upbringing. I think I don't think you're naturally born with a work ethic. I don't know. I'm not I'm not an expert on it, and I haven't really delved too much into why I'm the character that I am. I just live every day the way I see it. And but I do have a good work ethic. I think that was aware to me in my playing career, aware to me in my managerial career that you need that, and in my daily life to to be to push myself to be the best I can be. And if it's not me pushing my family members to be the best they can be. Um, I think I got that from a mum who gave everything for their for their five kids and I must have seen that and sort of developed that mentality with her. Does that mean your demands for players are at an exceptional high level? I always fear that boss that stays in until midnight working because you think, oh, they're going to want me to do the same. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I think I have a different mindset when it comes to my players. I want my players to have the career. Sports Social Podcast Network.